0: Hello, my name is Sashon Lovemore, and I will be having a conversation with Jackson Reddy for the New York City Trans Oral History Project in collaboration with the New York Public Library's Community Oral History Project. This is an oral history project centered on the experience of trans-identifying people. It is May 29th, 2019, and this is being recorded at Mid-Manhattan Library. Jackson, we're so happy to have you here. The New York City Trans Oral History Project is a community archive of transgender resi- resistance, resilience, and survival in New York City. Black Trans TV's goal is to share the narratives of people who love, like, look like us. The interview will be a collaboration between Black Trans TV with the New York Public Library and highlight the b- brilliant oral history of Black trans folks with Black of experience. Can you please start with your name and your pronouns? My name is Jackson Reddy and I prefer
1: the pronouns they them I also sometimes go by he him
0: okay um did you grow up in New York I did
1: not grow up in New York but I was born in New York though I was born in upstate in Albany
0: okay but if you didn't grow up if you didn't grow up in New York where did you grow up
1: I grew up up all around um I like to say I grew up all around Los Estados Unidos so um I, I was born in upstate New York that is where both of my parents are from and where their families ended up you know Black people migrated from the South North. So previous to our, both of our family or both sides of my family being from up North, they were both from the South, you know? So I think they came probably during the great migration um, up to New York and kind of settled there. So my parents were both from the same Albany and Troy are like sister kind of towns. Albany is the capital, Troy is right next door. My mom was born in Troy. My dad was born in Albany.
0: What's your relationship like with your family?
1: That is that is that's more complicated than where am i from. I'm not even answering where I'm from yet or where I grew up oh, okay, I, yes. that's just where I was born. Yes. Um and I grew up moving. So we moved around a lot. So I I you know, we lived on the west coast. My younger brother was born out in Sacramento. Um, uh-huh. my mother her way of sort of like responding to her circumstances was to move, right? So like she would get triggered or like shit would go down. She would pack us up, she would move us. So we we moved literally like across the United States. So we lived in Cali, we lived in Texas, moved back to New York for a while, and then we settled in Philly when I was about 10. So I mostly grew up in Philly, but I only lived there until I went to college. So the place I actually spent the most time was in Chicago. So I moved to Chicago when I was 18, and I had lived there for 13 years before I left. So that's the place I've, I've lived the longest ever. So Philly and Chicago are like my hometowns, you know? I, yeah, I feel like... Too. I grew up in both of those places, you know?
0: That's dope, though. How did you like that growing up as far as like?
1: It was traumatic. I was
0: gonna ask you, like, how was it growing up in all those different places? It was only
1: traumatic, though, because of the circumstances. So, you know, I I have a lot of appreciation for it now. You know, now that I look back, I realize, you know, when we talk about America or the United States, you know, what I think about it as, as the United States is influenced by getting to see how big it was And how it changed at a very young age, right? And so, I I really have a lot of appreciation for that now because what I realized is that you know people are living when we all when we say I'm American, people are living in completely different places and don't really actually have that same you know mental or physical framework. Some people have literally never left the place that they were born, you know, the state that they were born.
0: I mean, you know, and
1: there's no judgment, but it's like oh yeah, yeah." it definitely does change your perspective when you're very young too to see like oh. When I say I'm American, it means I'm all of these, all of these things, you Yeah. Know, as opposed to this one area or this, No, I you completely know, agree. so, but the situation was always like, shit hit the fan, so I think that was always the hard part, it was very unsettling, I know, you know, I still have trust issues, you know, I never, you know, it's like, because, you know, things were, the rug, it kind of felt like the rug was always being pulled out from underneath us, so that part was hard, um, but, you know, the experience now, as an adult, I can look back on it and... Extract the value, you know.
0: Yeah, you mentioned your brother. You only have one sibling. I have
1: multiple yeah. siblings. Okay. I have one brother where we 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 grew up together, you know, and so, so you know, yeah. Both of my my parents have other children, so I have multiple siblings. But when I talk about my brother, I'm talking about Keontae, who is my younger brother, okay. and that is the person that I grew up with. And what's your relationship with your brother now? It's good. It's good. It's take. It's actually just recently sort of like turned a corner. Um, I think there's a pro. I mean, I know there's a process of of grief and mourning that happens when someone comes out as trans, especially to their family or to anyone that's close to them. Um, and so that process, I think, looks different for everybody. So I feel like he was he was doing a lot of grieving and mourning, and there was there was tension, I think, for a minute. Um, but I know that it, there was only tension because he was really fighting to, to, you know, to love me. You know what I mean? Ultimately. So it's like he, I think everybody has to grieve. I get it. You know, I had to grieve too. So, you know, um, so it just turned the corner. Honestly, with our relationship with our mother, because my, I, don't, I don't talk to my family, actually. So he's the only person I talk to now, okay. currently. Um, and so, you know, for a while he was like, why aren't you talking to anybody? Or why don't you tell them why you're not talking to them? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I, you know, I had to explain a few things, you know, one being that like, you know, for me, the silence is self-care because my relationship with my family is toxic. Mm -hmm. And that, quite frankly, you know, it hurt me too to not have the spoons to be able to like show up and just be like, blah, here I am, you know, like it hurts me too that it feels like, oh, I really don't have it in me. And also like no one else is responsible for aftercare and no one else actually knows what that looks like. You know, and so whatever happens, I have to I have to show up ready to be responsible for my aftercare. And I'm also not there yet. Also don't have the spoons for it yet. You know, and so, you know, it's not fun for me either. It's not fun to be traumatized. It's not fun to think that you're to feel triggered by your family. No, <laughs> you know I what I mean? I, <laughs> so th- I had to, like, break this down for him, though, because he didn't get it. He's like, well, why don't you just come out? You know, and I'm like, you don't, you know, like, break it's this process. Um, but then he he turned his own corner with, I think, his own like repressing a lot of what happened as, to us as children. He, you know, and he sent me a message. He was like, yo, I, I like broke through basically and realized how much I have repressed. And I really wasn't understanding where you were coming from till I had this moment. And now I get where you're coming from.
0: Gotcha. You know,
1: Because there's just a lot of stuff in our family that is unresolved. And unfortunately, you know, there's, there, are, there are adults who are not able to show up and, take, and be accountable also so it's a lot of gaslighting which just leads to conflict it does you know so you know it's like well i can't you know like you're adults we're all adults now it's like i can't make you come to the table and and take accountability you know um and if you're not going to do that then we really don't actually have much to talk about <laughs> you know i feel like yeah. silence is an underutilized tool for resolving conflict <laughs> motherfuckers could sit down and be quiet and be peaceful and realize that like it's okay we actually don't we don't have to agree we don't have to Absolutely. if we're not then we're not you know yeah. what i mean there's no there's no way of forcing that understanding you know so it's like it's it feels like it's much more of a peaceful act to say like i'm gonna be quiet and i'm gonna am gonna take care of myself i'm gonna let you take care of yourself and and honestly i feel like if everyone's actually doing that then i'm i'm not worried about anything because you know that's what i said to him i said i'm not talking to anybody but also i'm not worried why are people worried i'm like i'm taking care of myself so i I feel like, yo, when the conversations that need to be had, I have faith that they'll be had, you know. But I have no worries about it because I know what I'm doing, you know, and I know that I'm I'm doing my best to take very good care of myself. And if everyone's doing the same thing then We should all all be all right, you know? Yeah. Um, So our relationship has, has, I think, turned a corner since he sort of had his own breakthrough about, like, oh, yeah, you know, this this relationship is toxic, and these are the ways in which it's toxic, and now I understand why Jackson is reserved. (laughs) (laughs) Conservative. How much younger is he? Uh, Five and and a half 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 years.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. What about your father? You didn't mention your dad.
1: You know, it's a tough relationship. So I'll, I'll back it all the way up. Um, so my parents always had a com- complicated relationship. Okay. You know, like that, I was born into conflict gotcha. with the two of them. And I don't even know the, the levels of conflict, you know. But growing up, it was always like, you know, that nigga ain't shit, you know. And then he would just be ghosts most of the time, you know. And they, I mean, they were together for pr- probably like off and off for the first five years of my life. And then when I was about five and a half, right after my brother was born, maybe I was like six after my brother was born so he was young though he was like a baby baby and they were actually like splitting up while my mother was still pregnant so you know by the time he was born though there was like a big break and we were in california we had moved from new york to california and and my father's parents his grand my grandparents had moved out there so my dad went out there all of his brothers in like his family went out there and my mom you know came out there too so we left and we went back to the east coast so that was like that was when they were like broken broken but then it was just like then it was like back and forth across the united states of america you know (laughs) so it was a lot of like you know this is back in the day when before cell phones you know so it was a lot of you know you know, collect calls (laughs) to curse people out, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like going over to somebody else's house because you ain't have a phone, so you had to go over to your homie's house to to call a nigga to curse him out, you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it was like that kind of shit that would happen. So, you know, that was their relationship growing up. And then later in my life, I was like, on a you know a crusade to really like put my family back together because what I did remember from being a kid was like you know we we had we did have this family dynamic it was me it was my cousins it was my bro- my dad and all his brothers and my aunts it was everybody all together all the time you know so and I missed that and as a kid you know mm-hmm. you can't really you can't advocate for yourself in the same way so when they split up you know their beef became yeah. my beef you know what I mean but it was never my beef you know I was just in the middle of it so when I was a, in my mid-20s, so shortly after I started practicing Buddhism, you know, one of the things I really wanted to break through with my Buddhist practice, I was like, I really want to be able to like build this bridge in my family again, you know, and I did it. You know, I reconnected with them after 18 years. I mean I hadn't seen and that was the other thing. I had beef because I was like, yo, nobody called me, nobody checked on us. Right? So, you know, the thing is, like, my dad was, like, not trying to fuck with my mom because she's crazy. But I'm like, yo, you left me with a nigga that you didn't even want to be with. What do you I'll think she was me. doing to me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in my whole family, I'm like, You know, and I love my mother, I have so much appreciation for her, even though we have a really tense relationship right now. But at the same time, I was like, damn, like y'all didn't even check on me, you know what I mean? Like, y'all knew this nigga was crazy. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and then like, they would let her just tell them whatever and they would believe it, you know? And I was like, y'all never, like, you know, no one ever really checked on us. So I had mad beef with everybody, but I was like, I'm down to squash it. You know, there's another generation. My cousins are having kids. I'm like, let's, you know, like, let's just try to put this shit back together. And then, so I did that, They happened, you know, my brother was always sort of like on the sidelines, like whatever, like, he was like, whatever. <laughs> he is, he, he is a, a Jackson, true, true. Um, so he was, but, but that's also my brother. My brother was like, I, whatever, me first, always, right? In a good way though, you know, like, in a good way, you know, for real, for real, like in a good way, you know, it was always like, whatever, like y'all are cool. But like, we didn't grow up together. And he was like, I don't really know you. And he was a baby. So that was the other thing. Like I was, you know, five and a half, six years old when that split happened. He was literally an infant, so he was like, "I never knew y'all. Y'all never knew me. Like it's whatever, you know. Like I just never had a dad growing up, and that was my life, you know. He didn't have, you know, a memory of like things being more cohesive, yeah. ever, you know, even though they were always kind of shaky. So anyway, um, but you know, he met them, and I was like, there's people he hadn't met even, like, because he was a baby, you know. So you know, I connected, we reconnected, we had a couple family." It must have been
0: beautiful
1: though. It was. It was absolutely beautiful. I was in a renaissance in terms of my family revolution in my life. I was like, wow. You know, like I was really, really like happy, proud. Just like, wow, black people are out here doing the work. Like we're putting our families back together. But then, damn. Then I had the worst PTSD I've ever had. Okay. This is like two and a half years ago. So I didn't know I had PTSD i've had it my whole life you know and it makes sense now also my my mom struggles with alcoholism it's like you know abusive and now you know looking back my whole family struggles with some type of addiction you know and like you know there are like the the like extreme cases like the uncles that are like were like strung out growing up and then there's like everybody drinks every day or you know what i mean people you know people just like you can tell they're medicating to numb Right? Yeah. They're not medicating, even to be, and I'm like not making judgments, but it's like the type of medicating that's happening is like abusive, basically. Like, that's the problem. The problem is actually not the substances, it's, it's the abuse. abuse part, right? So, like, you know, my mom, all my whole family struggles with abuse, but um, and you know, growing up, child of an alcoholic, it's like I just seen some shit. So, anyway, <laughs> seen some crazy things, yeah. um. I had, I had PTSD, and I didn't realize I'd had, had it. I've probably, I'm, I'm sure I've had it my whole life. Now I can recognize I'm like, oh, that was probably PTSD. You know, like Now I can look back and see it, but at the time, I, I had no idea what was happening. And I had never had anything like this happen to me in my life, but I recalled memories of sexual abuse that I had had as a child. And it was really difficult because my whole life, you know, seeing therapists or, like, trying to just, like, deal with my issues, growing up poor, black, and, like, being raised by a single mother who was also struggling, with, like, from, an abu- from being abused by her parents, and et cetera, et cetera, you know, people would always say, like, were you ever sexually abused? I always demonstrated the signs of someone who had been sexually abused, and I would always say, I, if it happened, I literally have no memory of it. It out. I don't remember it you know and then we would move on because I'd be like I literally don't I'm like Nah, no, I don't think so you know what I mean yeah. um, and so this was the first time where you know and they came back like memories you know like it was painful you know it was really painful um, and it was hard and I just broke down and that was when I started to really unpack my identity too so it was like I had this like knot of trauma you know that I, I had to like unravel and as I unraveled that, then I started to be able to really ask myself questions about what made me feel good, and like, and believe that my my answer was important because that's another part, right, of trauma is like, you know, I was raised to be told like what I felt was not, it's not valid. was not valid, didn't even count, what feelings, right? Um, so yeah, so they came back, you know, and my, my memory was always fragmented, and it still is. There was, there was always I always realized like, okay, my childhood, I know we moved around a lot but how come I can't remember whole chunks of things? And I'm like, well, probably because you were five. Like, your memory is not that, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, your, your attention span's already short. And then y'all were always moving, and, like, you were always in and out. And even, like, when we were in one place, we would live in so many different houses and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I always I always had that feeling of, like, something, something's missing. Like, there's a big piece that I, you know, and what sucked was, like, once I put that piece in, all the other pieces I was like, okay, everything else makes sense now. You know, in a way that felt comforting because at least I could trace a line,
0: you know, whereas before, you
1: You know, before it was just like, what's going on here? You know, like, why am I always like this? Um, So that was hard. And, you know, I think my family took it as like, now, they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's because you're trans. And I'm like, actually, that's not why I stopped talking to y'all. I stopped talking to y'all because I realized I can't trust y'all. Because what, if I, what I remember <laughs> is correct, um, and I'm pretty sure it is, like, y'all were negligent. You know, like, I don't, I don't, maybe I don't remember all the specific details of what happened, but what I do know is that y'all were, y'all were negligent.
0: Yeah.
1: That somebody wasn't, wasn't taking care of me. And that that's how that shit went down. You know, that I was left alone, you know, and that I was left with people who from what y'all have told me, you, you should have never trusted.
0: Hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's deep
1: thing. Right. You know? So I think my split with my mom is like, you know, I remember my mom saying to me about my aunt. So I have an aunt who was adopted by my grandparents, my paternal side, my paternal grandparents. And my mom was like, you know, I'd seen this when I put my, my father's side of the family back together. I was like, I'd seen her, and my mom was like, oh, I'm glad she's doing okay. You know, and I was like, well, you know, she's had some health problems did, did, did. she's like, yeah, well, it's amazing because, you know, th- that she's even alive because of the way they used to treat her in the house. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, they used to do all kinds of shit to her. They used to, like, not buy her clothes and, like, not feed her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let her just walk around with however stinky, whatever. You know, they used to molest her. And she used the word molest. Now, mind you, my mom is an alcoholic, though. So I'm like, sometimes she'd just be saying shit and it's not accurate. You know, yeah. but I do, I remember, I remember that sticking out. Like, that's a huge that accusation
0: is. to make. That is. Say so casually.
1: Right. You know, yeah. and then I'm like, oh, so you knew these niggas wasn't shit, though. You knew, you knew yeah. they wasn't shit, and you still left me with them. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You would leave me with them for long periods of time. You know? So if you knew that that's what was going down in my grandparents' house, how did you ever leave me with anybody from that family? Including my father. That's you true. know? True. I'm like, I'm not even gonna get into like why were you in this relationship? That's a whole nother thing. But like, you know, because I'm like, look, I got a fucked up family too, so I don't want some, you know, I don't want someone looking at me like, uh <laughs> You know what I mean? But I'm like, but definitely, like, why would you ever leave me alone? You know, alone. Left me alone for long stretches of time, you know. And I'm sure she was 19, she's like, fuck it, whatever. Somebody gonna watch this little nigga, like, I'ma go out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna do me. I get it, you know, but it's like, yeah, that is the negligence that happens when someone is not ready to be responsible to be a parent. You know, um, so that there it is, you know, so I think I just I was like, I can't I can't plus all of I was like, plus all of the other shit, you know, so it's like this incident plus like my whole life. Of, and, you know, there, my mother and I have had these moments where I've asked her to be accountable and she hasn't shown up. And I sort of was like, whatever, like, it is what it is. Like, that's still, you know, I did the thing where I was like, that's still my mom. I still love her. Like, I'm going to still send her $50 when she needs it. I'm going to yeah. still, blah, blah, blah. You yeah. know, and after that, I was like, no, like, I come first now for sure. Definitely. You know, I come first now for sure and for a while. And that's why I'm not talking to y'all because this is still self-care. This is still after care from what happened to me when I was four and five. This is your, you're You me. know, so yeah. I'm not talking to you. And I don't know when I'm going to talk to you again, honestly. You know, I have no plans right now. I have no agenda except to take care of myself. And as long as the little kid inside of me is still like, I don't want to talk, I'm not making that motherfucker say nothing to nobody. (laughs) I respect that. Because I'm like, they have every right, you know? It's like, I have every right to take all of the time that I need, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's my situation with my family. I'm like, I don't really fuck with them like that. I talk to my brother, and that's about it for right now. And, you know, I do have hope for the
0: future, but I'm like... In the present moment, this is where you are. <laughs> this is where it is.
1: I got you on this
0: here record. I'm gonna change it a little bit. Um, yep. What does queer mean to you? Me? Wow, that was whew. yeah, <laughs> it was.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm, that is it's evolving. I really have to spit, go back and take some more time with it, with that word specifically, because for a while, I, I, what I thought it meant was honestly a, a, a conscious, you know, deconstructing of colonial ideas, basically um and you know even the reclamation of a word that was used to oppress someone i think is a breaking down of you sure. know like these, these structures right so to be like consciously you know living in a way that you know breaks down these systems and knowing that like gender and sexuality are two huge systems that they that people are controlled by yeah. and, and um oppressed by um but I, and mostly I'm like, I just need to go back because I need to, because there's always like the personal meaning too. So I'm like, I feel like I know it academically, you know, and I know like philosophically what queer means to me. But I, I need to go back and revisit, you know, what it means to me personally, because I think it is also easy to get caught up in rhetoric. And once again, like I was saying earlier, everybody thinks they're saying, everybody says the same words and thinks they're saying the same
0: thing. True, because I also <laughs> struggle with the word queer, so I understand. Like yeah. I've been trying to figure out where that fits for me personally. As well. Right. So um, I get that. I get that. So yeah. So I just want
1: to play. I'm I'm in a place with it now where it's like I really want to. I probably just need to go back and reclaim it for myself. You know. Um. And it is tied to like resistance. I think. You know. It's like because it's like that's what you know. It's like, the word queer started to come. You know, from what I understand historically, started to come back into like vernacular amongst LGBTQ people um, after, oh, I'm blanking on people's names, but I'm going to generalize and say there was, a, there was a group that during the AIDS epidemic did a lot of work, resistance work, movement work, activist work around supporting people who were being diagnosed with HIV and AIDS. And then also there was a group that sprang out of that group that, you know, called themselves the queer something something. And it was, okay. and it was in resistance to people who were being attacked for being queer who also were, you know, dealing with HIV and AIDS and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I think, you know, definitely it feels like there is resistance always in just sort of being like, you know, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yes and, you know what I mean? Like,
1: even if it is, you know, people are, what they're trying to throw at you is negativity. It's like, you know, yes, I'm going to claim it and I'm going to throw it right back at you, (laughs) you know? Um, So, yeah. Um,
0: What does visibility look like to you? Mm. That's a good one. You know,
1: I feel like visibility is about, like, showing up in the secular world, actually. You know, because, like, we all got personal lives. We do. You know, and I'm not, I'm never, like, no Mm. one needs, no one needs to be visible, but I understand that it helps, you know, and I understand how it helps, you know, Um, and I feel like, you know, the cost is low but the value is great, you know, because it's 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 a, it's a way of just being able to in a secular world identify like that's my tribe. You know what I mean? It's like it's why, you know, indigenous people put had certain markings you know, or whatever, you know, it's like, because you're like, okay, are you tribe, or, you know what I mean? And if you're not tribe, this doesn't mean you're an enemy, but you're not tribe, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know. perfect example. Perfect it's, example. Like, it's just like, that's what it, it is. is. It's not that love lost, it's just right. you're
0: not tribe. I get what you're saying. Right, yeah. so I
1: think, when I think about visibility, I am thinking about it in a secular way. How do I show up in the world? How do I show up in society? How do I show up in civilization? Because when I'm at home, or when I'm, with, you know what I mean, it's like, y'all don't see me, you don't know me. So, you know, it is only about how I decide to show up to others, you know. Right. Um, so,
0: yeah. Um, what is community or who is community for you? Is that a question too? Yeah.
1: Um, community are people who, I mean, in a general term, people who share the same values, you know. Um, so, one. Mr. Kanye West would say, you know, (laughs) if you own good shit, you make good shit. If you make good shit, you own good shit. You know, so community I think is like the people who are vibrating at the same frequency, you know, and you know, the people who you can also like move along with, you know, um, people who have the same, you know, they value the same thing. They find, uh, what's the word for value? Do of the word for I'm doing a I them always them use, to use the word value. <laughs> I a, know, I'm just thinking. Out, I'm talking word. to myself too. No, it's a good word. Um, you use
0: value because it's going off of that. It's like it's
1: derived meaning. Derived meaning. Yeah. You know, from from similar things and same things, and then it's also the people who like you have had experiences with, right? Because I feel like it's possible to to have community that you haven't met yet, right? To like that's true. You know, have tribe out in the world that you haven't met, but you you migrate towards each other because you were after the same thing I mean I feel like that's always you know the case for me is like I, I showed up at this place and that person showed up at that place because we were both we both saw value in something similar and that's how we met each other um so that's one you know but we we didn't know that until that moment and then there's a the community that's like these are the people who I've traversed time with you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, who we with intention orbit you know around each other in the same circle you know I think about community, I think about people like Shana Mateski. you know, like, that's my community, you know, it's like someone who is like, you know, we know that we're family and like, there's nothing, that's it.
0: That's what it is. <laughs> that's it, you know. No question. Right. <laughs> so since you're talking about family, have you created your chosen family and what does it look like?
1: I'm, I'm, I'm always creating my chosen family okay. and it's, I think it's gotten bigger and it's gotten smaller and as I transition, as I move forward in life, you know, I think my relationship to people changes but i feel like the people that i I fuck with i always fuck with you know it's like i still (laughs) rock with them you know and like i think it's different it's like some people i I have friends where it's like we literally don't talk to each other for years years at a time but when we see each other you would swear we just talked on the phone like yesterday i know know and then i have people where it's like i talk to them every single day you know um but the relationship is still like you know it's like that's my i choose you you know it's like if shit goes down <laughs> you I know, know like I chose you to be in my in my orbit. Yeah. You know. Um, so I've started to do it and I continue to do it. And I think it's always you know, I, I'm fortunate that it's it's always growing, you know. Um, but at a slow as I get older I notice it grows a little slower, you know. Yeah. Like there are less and less people on the inside inside, you know. Yeah. Um, the kinda of tight. Right. <laughs> right. And that's again self care. So I feel like the people people who can respect my boundaries are honestly the people who are my community and my chosen family, you know, it's like the people who can can respect and honor what I need to do for myself are the people, and always, I mean, like Oprah just said, it's like people who want you to be your best, okay, so people who are like, yeah, I want you to do what you need to do, you know, even if sometimes that means I'm not going to see you as much, whatever, but people who can be like, all right, I'm going to show up for you doing you. Yeah. You know, and vice versa, I feel like I'm the community for people who are, I'm like, I can show up for you doing mean, you, yeah. you know, it goes both ways. Community isn't just like, you know,
0: one side. One side. I mean, in. One way. Yeah. What is your occupation, calling, walk of life? Doesn't have to mean, you know, right. what you get paid to do. Right,
1: right, right. Right yeah. now, I always tell people I'm an artist and an educator. I mean, I think those two things will always be true about me, so it feels like, all right, if I just say those two things and whatever else happens. <laughs> it's gonna fall somewhere in those two lines, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and I just graduated from grad school, so I, you know, so I'm like, thank you. Like today, literally today, literally today, I did not. Huge. I did not walk in graduation, uh, but I did graduate. You okay. know, was like right here. No, that's, that's amazing. I'm <laughs> really happy for you. Thank you. Um, and I got my master's is in education, so <laughs> there we go. It's in education and theater, so it's, it's literally art and education. Um. And I don't know. I do know what I'm gonna do next, but I don't know how it's gonna roll out. In okay. Family. I'm being and I'm being conservative for a reason, you know, because like, I don't. I actually don't have any problem like failing or whatever people think about as failure. But also, I'm like, sometimes misfortune comes from the mouth. So sometimes I just be talking and be like, what, what I. I don't Even know. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you have to catch yourself because you're right. The tongue, <laughs> right? It became what you say. You just speak out loud, so you're uh, right to stop says, You know what? I didn't. I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm like, that's where I'm. Like, I don't know exactly what's gonna happen next, but I, I do have lots of ideas. I definitely am looking forward to getting back to making art. You know, I identify as an artist. Um, making art, would
0: elaborate a little bit more with mm-hmm. you
1: um, you know, I'm, I'm, what I'm really curious about is what happens when I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> because I know what it used to mean for me, and it's, it's meant different things at different points in my life. It, you okay. know, it used to mean writing. It used to mean being in a play or doing a show or auditioning. You know, it used to mean, um, you know, movement, dance, yeah, it, you okay. know. Yeah. So it's like it's changed, you know. Um, and so I'm looking forward to getting back into a space where I don't know what it means, and I really just let myself create, and I see what comes out. You know, it might be painting. It might be, you know what I mean? It might be a lot of, of things. I know I'm, I'm definitely doing a lot of writing, so I feel like writing is a thing that I've been doing and that I'm going to continue to do. Okay. Um, and I do stand-up, you know, and I yes. I took a break from stand-up because I was in grad school. Um, and I was about to not be in grad school if I didn't okay. take a break. I took a break from everything, actually. I was teaching full-time. I was doing a lot. Yeah, like, you took
0: classes. Yeah, and-
1: I, I was doing, oh. I mean, grad school, you're, you know, you, Well, it depends on your degree, but it's like oftentimes there is work and there is class. So for me as an educator, my work was in the classroom, you know, and that was part of my program was like I had to teach at some point. Um, so I was like teaching full-time and going to classes at night and living my yeah. life you know yeah. and like writing these papers and then like also in my, my personal life like I, we had two people die in our family like wow. very close you oh, know man, like a yeah, lot you awesome. know like Jamila's sister died in August and then her dad was who was dying the whole time who had cancer the whole time then like died you know see. in March gotcha. so it was literally it's not even been a whole year between those two deaths you know that so it has been a lot so in January I like, I stopped working <laughs> because I was like, I need to go to grad school and I need to go to grad school, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, I was fortunate enough. We were both, we're all, we're fortunate enough, you know, that we were in a place where like financially we could afford to do that. Um, yeah. And Then, and it also was like, made sense because then her dad got really, really sick. And so then it was kind of like all hands on deck for, for a couple sure. months there. Yeah. And I was like going back and forth. So I haven't been. I say all that to say I have no actual occupation. I'm technically unemployed right now, um, and I'm so happy about it. Yes. <laughs> you guys
0: enjoy this this moment, this time. <laughs> Looking forward to the summer
1: um, where I'm gonna go. So in, on Saturday I'm going up to Vermont to learn how to like basically build my own little homestead. I have a friend who has a home, and you know a homestead is like not a farm, but is a farm. But it's, like, a personal farm because, you know, like, you, you, there are lots of different types of farms. Anyway, but it's, like, this is her personal farm. So she grows her own food. She grows her own herbs for so medicines. Dope. She raises chickens. Yeah, so I she's going to, she's, she's like, changing over her flock of chickens. So a big part of it is I'm going to learn how she, like, she's doing that. And then also I'm going to go back in the fall and learn how to harvest chickens, which is that's the end awesome. of their life so they're older so she's like you know i love my chickens but they're older and like you know we don't waste nothing so like we're not just, we don't just let them die we kill them and then we eat them you mm-hmm. know like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how it goes down oh. um and now she's got baby chicks so she just put the baby chicks she's this is her second night in, or third night in the coop so they just started sleeping outside so she's like you're gonna watch how i integrate them into the main flock and then like i'm gonna start to have harvest the main so yeah so i'm gonna go up there so you know by season so like i'm going in the beginning of the summer season so i can see the planning and then i'm gonna go back in the fall learn how to harvest and then like turn the beds over and get them ready for the next season as well that's awesome yeah so those are things that like i'm working on is like i love food i have a huge passion for food um and i really i you know what do you love about food wait I'm like, is that a real no, question? No, oh, oh,
0: I should <laughs> say what's your favorite food? What me, I love that? about what's, food. What's like, your favorite food? Food is life. Like, It is. No, you need food to survive. What's your
1: favorite food? So I'm gonna go with tacos because I will okay. always eat a taco. Okay. I will always eat anything okay. on a on a corn tortilla. So I guess corn tortillas <laughs> are actually my favorite food, and I will eat anything on top of them. <laughs> you make everything <laughs> that you eat, basically. I mean, not all the time, but you you like to chef it up in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, I cook all the time. I mean, mean, and I like to eat out. New York is, I'm fortunate, I always forget, I've I've lived in great food cities where, like, I actually want to go out and get the food. Like, because some places I realize people are like, oh, yeah, things shut down and then, like, there's nothing to eat. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, sometimes sometimes you don't have an option. Like, (laughs) you either eat what's in your house or, like, you hungry because there's no place because you don't want to go eat if you don't want to eat, like, fast food or whatever, you know? Um, so New York I feel like oh it's nice that sometimes I can be like I'm tired I don't feel like cooking and I really do trust the people that Cook in the kitchen down, you know what I mean? At yeah. the, at the, even sometimes, the Chinese place, I'm like, yo, I know that's a family. Like, I see them together, I see their kids going to school. You know, like, a good point. A good point. Yeah, yeah. like, I know who these I don't know them, but you know what I mean? Like, I trust their kitchen and their food is good, and I want to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> win, win, win. <laughs> but I do love to cook, and um for me, food, food is life, and food is like. It's just another way to tell stories actually too. I feel like there's so much like culture and history and information in food. And I feel like that's, you know, that's where I really like get into it. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's a way of communicating and expressing yourself and like telling a story, just like, you know, saying a poem or doing whatever. And then stand up. I'm ready to talk some shit. I'm talking mad shit this year. I feel like. When Listen, did you start
0: stand up? Nothing to lose. I'm,
1: right now. <laughs> you said I mean, when did I start or when yeah, do? No, oh, when did, when did I start? Yeah, when did you start? I started stand up in Chicago. My one of my best dearest friends, Niall Darling, and who was my roommate at the time was do was into comedy, was into stand up, and was just like you should kept being like you should come to open mics, you come to open mics, and. I don't, know, I don't know, and I was like, you know, I should, you know, like, I, at this point, I had studied acting, so I had my, okay. my undergrad degree, I got a, a bachelor of fine art, that's what they tell you the F is for, mm-hmm. um. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's <laughs> like a bachelor of fucking art <laughs> in, um, in acting, in, in theater, um, so I was a performer, but I had never done stand-up, anyway, mm-hmm. I went out one night, the first night I went out, I didn't actually get to go up on stage because our, our roommate, um, Arturo, who just graduated from Yale's uh, graduate program in acting, got into a, a bike accident, like a, a massive, huge wow. bike accident. So that was my first, <laughs> that was my intro wow. to stand up, it was wow. like <laughs> my life on fire, <laughs> like in real time. Um, but then I eventually went back and I was like, okay, like I could do this, And but it was, it, I mean it still is, lots of bros, lots of bros, lots of bros. So, you know, I've, I always have to take my time with it, and I see it more as like a place for me to also like work on my craft and generate material. I don't know that I'm like a stand, I don't know that, I, I don't, I'm don't. i not pigeonholing myself is all I'm saying. Like, Can't wait to do some like bigger gigs, oh, yeah, yeah. can't wait to have some larger audiences, but also it's like, I'm not like, I'm a stand-up comedian and like that's, you know, that's my thing and it's cool. Some people are like that, but um, that was my intro. And then as I started to transition, it was also like, you know, I stopped acting as much because, you know, acting is still very, like, you know, siloed. But, uh, and it's getting better, I'll blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but it's still very siloed. And even, if you, not just binary, siloed. It's like type, 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 type. True. You know? True. <laughs> right. So, um, I was just like, I can't keep up and also don't know where I fit in. But I know that I can make my own, I can tell my, I can, I'm, the, I'm the act. You know what I mean? So like if I can keep doing stand-up, like I can perform all the time and I don't never have to be nobody's type except my own. <laughs> you know, and then people can see me and they can decide, like, okay, you know, like that person would be great for this, et cetera, et cetera. So for me it's a way to put myself out there and be seen and you know, just maybe I'll discover what my type is, you know, or maybe I'll create a type, because I feel like that is the new that's the new new. You know, it's like you know, people are putting themselves out there and like everybody's looking for something new. And now we have platforms where it's like people can't see what you're doing and what you're about. So,
0: yeah, and I love you. I love your stand up when Thanks. you did it at the pull up last year. So. Oh yeah, that was a that was an interesting show. That was an interesting, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> was an interesting show. Um, did media play a part in your self expression, or does media play yeah. a part? In
1: I your mean, I feel like it used to play more of a. I mean, it does because it exists, right? And it's so. It, either you're using it or you're not using it, but either way, most people don't have a choice other than to make a choice about it. You know, like, if you're, you know, here we are, Los Estados Unidos, it's like, you either see it and engage, or see it and don't engage, but either way, you made a choice. So, yes, (laughs) you know, I feel like, you know, and and in both ways. Sometimes it's like, I use media as a way to express myself to the world, to put myself into the world. Sometimes I use media as a way to take things in. Um, You know, growing up, I think, it was always difficult because I didn't see myself in media. And I think that is actually part of what propelled me to want to be someone who created things because I wanted to see myself. And I knew I existed. And I'm like, if I exist and other people like me exist, you know, so why is this so unbalanced? You know, so I think part of you know what interested me as an artist was always about like being able to create that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and art is also the way that I am able to make sense of the world. So there's also that. Um, but, you know, the media is, you know, media is one thing. Media is, like, its own thing. Um, and then there's, like, how people, I think, use and interact with and consume it, you know. So, yeah, it it definitely plays a part in, was it my expression? Using my self-expression. My self-expression, yeah. Um, and I think as I get older, I'm able to use it as more of a tool rather than be, you know, overcome by it. But I but I watch it too, you know. It's like, and you got to watch it. You got to watch what is getting, what is being put out here, just so you can be aware, you know. And it's like, it is the matrix because it's like you got to remember that it's the matrix, but like, and not get sucked into it. But it is important. You do have to know what's going on. You know what I mean? You got to know what's what's happening in the tunnels. You know. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and I think it can be. And that's exactly it. It is useful and it is meaningful. And that is why. That's why you know I'm I'm mindful of it you know because of that so
0: um who would you say influenced you or influences you currently, or influenced you in
1: the past there's been so many influences um influence uh, can you be more specific like influence me as an artist or a, yeah a, as an artist okay um i'm like i got lots of yeah who
0: influenced <laughs> you as an artist
1: I'm like so many different people like you know, the first thing that came to my head was like all of the '90s R and B, all all 90, '90s R yeah, and B. Yeah, you know, black sorry, people yeah, making music in the '90s. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, Brandy, Monica, Aliyah. You know, the Fugees. Yeah, Yeah, I think like, I mean, music. I think music is like a big influence. You know, and, like I feel like yeah, when people are like, you know, you ever you're trapped on a deserted island and like, what's one album? I'm like Fuji, You know, the Fugees' first album was like. That was one of the first times i remember being like i'm an artist because i like i felt that album you know i felt it yeah and i was young and i remember being like i'm so young but this makes perfect sense to me you know and like and then i remember being like my mom is listening to this and it makes perfect sense to her you know and like i saw the connection of like intergenerationally like how something can can talk to everybody and can be like how art can be um, so I feel like, yeah, all of the music that came out during that decade, because I was also, you know, I was born in 84, so, like, that was my, that was my decade, and I feel like all the music was always, like, heavily, heavily influenced by music. Yes. I remember I had whatever those magazines were. you know, Write-On. That you used to get when it was just posters, yes. basically. Yes. I used to sell posters. Yes, I know, I know, Write-On. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I used to them. buy those, I and, like, them. that was just, like, up
0: all over, up all over my life
1: you know, my room. Um, so that's,
0: like, I was selling them to the kids my
1: And Shakespeare, um, strangely enough. So I was introduced to Shakespeare when I was in like the fourth grade. Wow. And then like, it kind of like, you know, like the idea of like heightened language, that was like my first introduction to it. But I just remember always being like, oh yeah, like there's a, there's like, there's an art to art. <laughs> I think that's what like Shakespeare helped teach me. And then it was like, I got introduced at fourth grade and it was like, you always had to do like some kind of Shakespeare unit you know what I mean? Like True. throughout throughout all of the, you know, and so I feel like, yeah, heightened link, classical language actually, you know, it was a huge influence even though it was like I, might, I have my feelings about that now. But like that type of like writing, um, poetry, um, like the idea of verse, melody, you know, um, being introduced to like those ideas as an artist is like, oh, yeah, there's, again, there's an art to being an artist and like let me figure out like what is my process. I remember I started writing when I was in like the fifth or sixth grade.
0: So when you say writing, you write music, you, you write
1: songs? I just write. First okay. I'm like first and foremost, I I write stream of consciousness writing, um, poetry. Um, I'm starting to write songs. I just started to write songs. Someone asked me like a few like months ago now. They were like, What's something you've always mm-hmm. wanted to do and you've never done? And I was like, actually, I've always wanted to make a rap album. I've always wanted to do like a hip hop album. Where? I got these bars. Where? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I bars like, I got these bars. <laughs> you know? So I was like, Seriously. I got some bars, you know. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, poetry, and I've just started writing plays, so I'm writing two plays right That's now. Cool. That's really cool. um, and, and then I feel like stand-up is writing, so I feel like I wrote all my stand-up. <laughs> Even though sometimes it was just me talking, oftentimes, <laughs> oftentimes, <laughs> it was not. You know, it was like I had done the talking beforehand and I had composed it, and then, like, you know, you got to you know, kind of DJ. Gotcha. Being on, you know, being on stand-up is like, you got the song, but you got to... <laughs> Yeah. You know, because otherwise the, they're like, we could have just played the album. So you gotta. That's true. You gotta. Ficky true. Ficky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. the sound effects. <laughs> Clearly, music. I'm like, that's not like music. It's always, I think in music. <laughs> I hate that. I can to tell. <laughs> right. Right, right, right,
0: right, right. I hate you that. Um, <laughs> You've a lot of places. Yes. Which area of, which place honors language the best? Honors language the yes. best. Ooh. I mean, New York.
1: Come on, like you just lived in Chicago. It's true, but I'm like language. Like this is, I mean, in terms of the United States, because also I haven't left the United States. But um, I feel like yeah, because it's like here, it's every language, and it's like every language spoken by Black people. You know, like you can go to L. A. and there's lots of French people there. But you come to New York and there's lots of people speaking French who are black.
0: That's me. <laughs> you know? <laughs>
1: so it's like it's a, there's a difference. You know, there's people who speaking Spanish who are black. You know, so it's like you get almost everybody you get almost every language and you get black people speaking every language, which to me is like, yeah, that's that's it for me, you know. Um, but the coast the coast in general, because they're coasts. So you get people coming in from from everywhere. But I feel like in the place I've lived, New York has been like, I'm always like the sound of New York is just like an amalgamation of, of voices speaking in different languages. That's so cool. You know, It's like so unique. I love that.
0: Um, what do you feel is the biggest threat? I'm changing it a little bit. What do you feel is the biggest threat to black folks? Well, black folks are trying to you know, I saw, that. I saw that. Uh, yes, you did? <laughs> I was like, damn, what is the
1: biggest threat? Um. I'm like, damn, there are like, there are like the environmental threats, and then there's like the internal threat. I'm like, which one's bigger?
0: You know?
1: <laughs> you <laughs> you know, know. To you <laughs> at this, this moment, right know. now. But I feel like it always I feel like always it has to be whatever's inside. I feel like the internal mm. negativity, the internal doubt, the internal fear, you know, I feel like that's always because that determines whether or not you win or lose in a crucial moment. It does. Ultimately, you know. Um, and the winning and the losing is not about what, what happens, it's about how you feel. Right? So you know um, because again you're keeping your own record you know so like you only got to answer to you nobody else has to answer to you at the end of the day you got to answer to you at the end of the day you know what I mean so like you got to look at yourself and be like this is how I felt about it (laughs) so I think yeah the inner the inner the inner negativity is really the biggest threat Um, because then that it comes out too also like that's how you respond to things that's also you know so I think doubting ourselves not valuing ourselves, not taking mm-hmm. care of ourselves—you know—those are the biggest, the biggest threats. Um. <laughs> and then you know all other bullshit. <laughs> and then all the
0: bullshit oh, in oh, the environment. The but you things. know
1: the reality of humanity is like the environment has always been trying to kill us, and not to like take away from you know what is actually happening, but just to say like, okay, yeah, I want to be like, oh, all this shit that's happening is like the biggest threat. But it's like no, the big because the environment has always been trying to kill us, always. Right, you know, so like no the biggest threat really is like what's happening on the in, in the internal world. And it's the biggest threat because it's also the thing that like if we break through it is the biggest help, right? It's like the thing that is gonna propel us the furthest, right? See? So it's like it's that same energy, but the you know, inverse of it. So mm-hmm. that's why to me it's like that's the bigger if I have to pick the biggest one, you know, but the environment's always trying to kill us. It's like you could take that as a fact of life if you want to, you know. <laughs> so that's how I try to look at it.
0: What is your favorite thing about being black?
1: My favorite thing? It's like, I wanted to be like, being
0: immortal!
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a fact, too. (laughs) (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it is, honestly, if I had to become academic about it, I would say (laughs) it, it is the fact that I am able to identify, trace a line back to... Like my, what I would feel like is my original self you know, and that I have, like, the actual proof in this lifetime that, like, I was that nigga in the
0: temples in Egypt,
1: you know what I mean, like, it was me, you know, (laughs) like, those are my people, you know what I mean, (laughs) like, legit, you know, the beginning of civilization, okay, you know, um, the fact that, like, in this lifetime, I can say, like, I know that I am of African descent, and I know that this is where my people came from, actually, I feel like it's a huge privilege, and it's a privilege that, like, white people have had for a very long time, and their shit is intact, You know what I mean? So like, I'm like, all we know is that we black. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's that's most of what we know anyway, you know? But it's like, oh yeah, but that is actually a huge, that is a huge benefit to us to know and to be able to, to know, you know, with accuracy. You know, we might not know all the nuances, but we know we can look back and be like, that's where we came from.
0: Word. You know? What is your favorite thing about being a person of trans
1: experience? Being a person of trans experience? Once again, what do you know
0: what it's like to be <laughs> <laughs> You know.
1: I feel, I feel like being unbound, being unlimited mm-hmm. and really being able to like live a life and walk a path that where I can I can say like that is my path. You know, it's not an idea, it's not philosophical. Like for real for real, like I can Blaring. transverse Blaring. Blaring. You know, no, seriously. You know, I can change, I can move, I can, you know, I got shades, I got hues, I got, you know, Absolutely. spectrums you know i'm unlimited
0: absolutely um we touched on it not really we didn't touch on it. Okay. what does family look like to you like f- future plans yeah development
1: you know i really do want like a small cozy family honestly like there's i'm like you know my partner and i constantly go through this back and forth back and forth back and forth um, <laughs> because I'm very non monogamous but I'm not actually very polyamorous. You know, I actually in my in my like ideal scenario mostly cuz like about this. you know, I'm kind of introverted and I wasn't always. I used to not be, but I I realized like I'm drained now. Maybe this and I feel like this is one of the things people are like, oh, when I went on T, all of these things changed. And like I have a friend whose name is T and we constantly have this conversation where we're like, you know, we always want to point at something Right? And be like, it's because of this. So like, yeah. there are moments where I'll be like, you know, it's because of the tea. And then I'm like, maybe it's just your life. You know what I mean? <laughs> i uh, I feel you. Like you know, like big. you're talking about being aggy, and I'm like, yeah, like sometimes I'm like, oh, well maybe it's because I am on testosterone. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's just because you're
0: aggravated. <laughs> maybe it's that. No, seriously,
1: that's you what
0: I'm figure out. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> but I think the fact that we do that process is is important. Um, but you know, I, I do have like, I guess my vision is like, yeah, I want a smaller, closer-knit, because, like, in, energetically, it's like, you know, I am more introverted, and I need more time to recharge, and being around lots of people actually is exhausting for me now, and it used no, to no. not be. It used to be more energizing, Okay. you know, um, but now it's, it's just not, and it might change again, but, like, you know, right, right now, now, when I look for it, I'm like, actually, I don't want a whole bunch of people running around my house, you know what I mean, like... I want to know that you're coming home, you know what I mean? And like, sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm just a control freak or like, maybe this is just my way of like trying to stay safe. But you know, there are also, there's preferences. So, you know, I feel like future planning, it's like, I can imagine having like a smaller, you know, family and then, and then, you know, the extended family, the homies. Like, I always want a community, you know, like I always want people like to come be coming over the house. You know, I want family meals. I want, you know, you know, it's like, I definitely want to have those moments as experiences. But I feel like my day to day life, you know, like the people that I guess you would call like my, family, you know, yeah, would be like yeah, the niggas I live with every day. Yeah, <laughs> it's like my partner, and my kids. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> like, and that's you know, and maybe some animals. You know what I mean? And yeah. then like everybody else is, is on occasion, on occasion basis only. You. Know? <laughs> By event by invite only,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know, like
1: That's first all of all, you already know scene. you have to travel to get to me because you already know I'm gonna be up in the woods somewhere. You can't see me, can't find me, don't know where farm? I'm at with my farm on my oh, and my fresh water supply. <laughs> okay, don't on. get it twisted, you. <laughs> you know. And like, yes, but I do want the homies like 10 to 15 minutes away, okay. you know, <laughs> like okay, up the road, you know. I'd be like. There's Lovemore Farm <laughs> over there. Hey, <laughs> yes, you know, right.
0: <laughs> so yeah, um, okay. So what does legacy mean to you, and uh, how are you laying bricks down today to build it?
1: I mean, I think legacy is day to day. It's all. It's moment to moment. It's like it's right here. This is my legacy. You know, it's the time that I share with people. Yeah. Because I feel like that's all you really have. That is. You know, yeah. and like. Yeah. If watching people die for the last year has taught me anything, it's that like, you know, this is the moment, now is forever. You know, and it's not like I'm like, oh, there's no future, but but it's about like coming into the present and being like, yeah, your legacy is literally like what you're doing right now with, with your life. You know, what you choose to do moment to moment, how you how you choose to be with people. Um, and I think, you know, for me, like more broadly, my legacy is about, is about people, it's about connecting with people. You know, I have, so much faith in humanity actually. Um and so I feel like I'm I'm so righteous because of that actually. Like that's where it comes from. You know, I'm like people have call, called me judgmental and you know mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Yeah. I mean I, I have judgments. Hell yeah. I'm a human being. You know like people say that like and I'm like that's like people say like this is a bad thing. I'm like well
0: uh, at least I'm just
1: Discerning, um but you know, but it's because you know I do believe I believe so so much in humanity, and I also have so much faith in us. And I'm like, we gotta just like this and shit. We gotta do. <laughs> it's like shit's about to hit the fan, y'all. <laughs> so sure. like, if you either you believe in the sanctity of humanity or you don't, no. you know, and I don't believe in the sanctity of humanity over everything else because I is inclusive, right, um, <laughs> of the environment and of the world, you know. But at the same time, it's like, yeah. I focus on people because that's who I am. <laughs> I am a you know? So I feel like my legacy is definitely about like humanity and like, you know, and our potential. That's the other thing is like, people are so limited. I'm like, damn, you know? Like I'm not joking when I say my favorite thing about being trans is being trans. Like it really is because I'm like, I understand like what it means to, to actually manifest unlimited potential you know, and I know that if I can do it, then that everybody else has the same. So like we could really be on some real cool shit. You know what I'm saying? And people would get oh, get out of I get out. I get, get, get out of all your boxes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> you could get out of these boxes. We could really be out here floating, you know, Burn. levitating. You know, we could like handle the basics so that I could use my time for something valuable, like orgasm. You know, I would, I
0: would prefer to do that. You, you know, instead of trying to I'm figure wrong. out
1: fucking hunger. Like, why are we trying to figure out how to feed people? We mm. live on our earth. <laughs> we live on our earth.
0: Seriously.
1: We won by living on an earth. Like, we don't. We should not be like trying to figure out how we're gonna feed people. Hmm, I don't know. There's like these massive oceans, and like there's all this land. <laughs> like, what? No, you know, like... especially when we waste so much
0: things, so much food too. <laughs> you know, you what I'm saying so.
1: I, I so like, what's really going on? So yeah, I, it's like, you know, legacy is really about the present moment, I think.
0: Okay. Um, when do you feel the most alive and joyful? What are you doing and who are you with? For feel the most
1: alive and joyful when I'm dancing with the homies, um, or even by myself actually. But yeah, when I'm moving, when I'm dancing, uh, when I'm playing the taiko drums so i play taiko drums um okay. uh, i'm a member of a buddhist organization called soka gakkai international and um i play taiko with them and so it's like it's a it's like the drums but then it's also it's a faith-based activity it's like we're all buddhists and we all we're all there because we, we are connected through this practice of buddhism um but in buddhism it's like nothing is separate right so ultimately it's like us showing up to play the drums is also about us showing up to like break through whatever obstacles we we have going on in our personal lives whatever obstacles are going on in society you know it's not just like oh we're in a cool group we're in a cool musical group it is a cool musical group but also it's like it's a cool musical group full of people who are determined to like be their best selves and like that's what you know That's what I've loved about being in this organization. You know growing up I feel like I grew up in this organization because I started practicing when I was 23 so, like, I still, you know, I was a kid, you know, <laughs> um, and now I'm 35, so, you know, I feel like, oh, yeah, it is, I've met so many different types of people at so many different places in their lives, and everybody there is still, like, aiming for the next thing, like, nobody's settling. No one's like, oh, I got a nice house, I got a car, I got a kid, whatever, like, I'm good. Like, everyone is like, no, what else can I do? You know, like, okay, good, my shit's good, good, now maybe I can go out in society and contribute more to society oh, now I'm contributing to society, maybe I can, you know, like everybody, like, you know, young, old, rich, poor, you know, everyone is like striving to be their best. So I feel, you know, my most alive when I'm playing with them because it's like, it's the integrated, you know, cause and effect. It's like, I'm making this cause, I'm doing, it, I'm being physical, I'm playing music, I'm doing something I love doing. And I'm also doing it for myself to break through my own, you know, stuff. Yeah. And I'm also doing it with people who are doing the same thing. And like, and then together, we're determined to, like, help other people be able to do the same thing in their lives. And,
0: like, that is powerful, so. Okay. I'm going to ask you, but you already answered that question. Um, <clears throat> if time, money, or energy were not a factor, what would you go after if you knew it would succeed? Sleep!
1: <laughs> 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 Nigga, what? <laughs> I would use all my energy to go back to bed. <laughs> hey. You know, I'm a Taurus. What would I go if time, energy, and what was the last <laughs> one? If time, money, and energy would not affect what would you go after
0: if you knew it to see? I mean, I probably
1: would do things like try to climb Mount Everest, actually. Like, I would probably put my time and like whatever, you know, in my energy into, like, training, actually. Like, yeah, that's dope. I like extreme environments you know, survival is, like, my, is my calling, like, I was born in a trap, you know, so I've been, I'm like, I've been at it for a minute now, you know, and for a while those survival instincts were not, like, adequately placed in a situation that made sense, right, so I would be walking into, like, situations where people wanted to support me with the survivor mentality, you know what I mean, unnecessarily. Uh, not unnecessarily but like you know it's like it just wasn't like oh it's like what do I do with this energy because this is what I you know this is how I was raised and I did learn how to I knew I learned I trained my mind to be this kind of a person so now what do I do with it so now it's like yeah I like to do things like hike and do extreme you know and I like extreme environments because you've got to survive them you know it's not just about being there and like taking pretty pictures and seeing something cool it's like you got to survive that shit first <laughs> you know so you know I'm like and I'm not like I don't know, there are some people who I feel like you know, that would describe themselves as extreme. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't necessarily feel like I would need to be extreme. That's why I would spend all my time training for it. You know, like, I would spend the rest of my life, like, training to, to climb Everest. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're going to need to train. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I am, for sure.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I would definitely go after, after like, you know, remote places, places people don't get too often. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I would, like, you know, do the training to go, drop like, Scuba dive all the way down. You know what I mean. Like I would do that kind of shit. I, mean, I might still do it. Right,
0: exactly. Still have time. So, okay. Oh, a few more questions, just to give you like a little heads up. Um what do you hope for in the future? People who live, look, and love. Live, look, love, and express themselves like you.
1: Oh, so much joy, joy and healing. Ooh, mm. so much healing. You know so much healing honestly you know I, I have this, this this conversation with myself all the time and then sometimes I have other people too where I'm like am I ever gonna feel healed you know and what yeah, I've learned and realized is like healing is a journey it is not a destination um, but I, I want it to be a destination actually you know like I, I have a vision for a future of people who are not born broken. We're not born into a world where they have to they have to enact this process of healing because they're hurt because they're traumatized because you know so that so that it's not about healing it's just living <laughs> you know like what we call
0: healing should really just be life you know
1: <laughs> it's healing because of all of the things that are happening around us you know and so you know I envision a future of of of, of health actually you know of of being able to step into a world you know where they're not constantly or like right away having to un trying to undo what's being done, you know. It's like, it's yeah. Enough is enough, you know. I agree. You know, I believe that like the earth is utopia if we want it to be. You know, like we could literally be chilling. It is. It's all about yeah, it's a perception. You know, it is the garden of Eden, whatever. Like. I don't even like Christian philosophy, but whatever. You know what I mean? Like whatever. However, you need to idealize it to understand that it is this precious thing, and like we could,
0: we could be chilling on it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like that's my my point is. (laughs) Do you have any advice for your your younger self? (sighs) How young? (laughs) Let's say you say you're thirty-five now. Let's say twenty-year-old Jackson oh wow
1: um 20 year old Jackson well I wasn't Jackson at 20 but my 20 year old self I would I would probably say like find a trade
0: <laughs>
1: you know what I mean like <laughs> so like 20 year old self was in college and thinking that you know and just was focused on wanting to be an artist and didn't understand the art of being an artist didn't understand the game that I was really coming out to. And also, like, I got out of college. To tell these youngsters, I yeah. <laughs> got out of college at a time where like shit was hitting the fan in the US. It was 2006. It was right at the, it was right when the housing market started to crash. Wall Street yeah. started to crash. Yeah. Bush was still in office. This is pre Obama. Yes, there, no, there were no, there was the smart, the first smartphone had was just out. You know what I mean? There were no app jobs. Like, so we didn't have shit coming
0: out of college. You have really you know? good memories of my <laughs> <laughs> Cause
1: I remember the shit because yeah. I'm like, I lived through it. Yeah. And when I was going through it, people were, you know, people were like, Wr-r-r-r-r-r-r-r. I'm like, listen, you don't understand. Like, we're out here it's i look back and i'm like it's amazing we survived <laughs> like nice. I don't know how i did it you so, know <laughs> you didn't know how
0: you gonna
1: do I have no idea how I did it and I was an artist you know at that you know so I feel like yeah I would be like yo just know the hustle is about to be so for real and like you know you can you're gonna be an artist no matter what but like you know get your get your square so that you're not constantly having to be thrown around because I did I spent, but that's what your 20s are for you know I was moving around all over the place I was here I was there I was you know so I'm like, I don't regret that time, but it's like, you know, I look at people who are younger than me now, and just a bit who have more of a, like a support system, and I just I didn't. Maybe that would be actually the advice is like really like legitimize and find out, like a real support system. I didn't even know what support looked like when I was 20. You know, I had never had it. You know, go to therapy, go to therapy, and stay in therapy. I went to therapy, I didn't stay in it.
0: <laughs> stay in therapy. I agree.
1: You know, stay in therapy. Um, and if you don't like a therapist, then stay with that one until you find another one. You treat it like all your other shitty relationships. <laughs> okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, but just keep going, you know. Um, get get acupuncture. Focus on, you know, on healing. And, um, and keep dancing, you know. Keep dancing. For sure. Keep dancing. Drink less. Drink less? <coughs> drink, less? drink less alcohol. <laughs> you know, I survived, but I didn't need to drink that much. <laughs>
0: You know, I mean, he says it's 20s are full. Right, 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 right. You learn, you learn, you learn. You learn, yes. you learn. Yeah, um, And you know so how we do it by right? transitioning. Yes. So five things you love about yourself, Jackson. Yes, five things. I love my sense of humor. I do too.
1: I love my sense of humor. <laughs> um, I love my authenticity. Mm-hmm. I love my candor. I love okay. my skin. I love, where am
0: I at? <laughs> four, am I at four? Yes. Um, I love my food. Yeah, you did say that. Yeah, I do, and I love my food. You did say that. Well, thank you, Jackson. Thank is there you. anything else, any last words you'd like to um,
1: say? Just, just an archive. so. Um, yeah, I'm just, no, no last words. I'm so happy this is an archive. I really, like, this is a huge deal. It's a big deal because as, you know, a trans person, growing up whatever you know like still growing up it's like I look back and I'm angry sometimes actually at the shit that I don't know you know like damn you know like how is it not possible that people were not talking about Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera like they were human rights activists you know and they didn't have shit either and there and there was no glory you know what I mean so they weren't even human rights people like oh yeah you know like M. L. K. You know, ex people were like they at least had fans, you know what Word. I mean? But like, they, like Marsha P. Sylvia, they have nobody. This is more like recent history for us
0: now. This is like we're yeah. just, a lot of folks are just learning about this. Now. Right 20, now, twenty nineteen, yeah. exactly. Almost Fifty something years later, <laughs> I'm
1: mean, like, wow, you know, and like, and this was going down when all kinds of other things were going down, and that's the other part is like, but nobody, nobody, but where was it? Yeah. I didn't see it. So I'm like, wow, it's huge that they're doing this and that there's an archive now that people can literally just like go online or whatever and hear these stories is like incredible. So I'm
0: like, I'm grateful, thank you. No, thank you for being with us and sharing your story with the New York Trans, the New York City Trans Oral History Project. (laughs) Yeah, it's kinda long, but yes, thank you for sharing your time with us and I love having your story shared with us. Thank you.